0: Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. Can you guys tell what I have here? What is this? Who knows what this is? It's a trophy, right? Can you read what it says? What does it say down here? Champion. This is a championship trophy from the 10th annual Cowboy Turf Wars Tournament in Laramie, Wyoming. When I was out in Wyoming, I was a part of a soccer organization that put on a really big soccer tournament every year. Players from Nebraska and South Dakota and Wyoming and Idaho and Utah and Colorado from all around the area would come to Laramie, Wyoming in the middle of winter to play this tournament at the big indoor practice facility from the University of Wyoming. And there were kids as little as five years old playing in this tournament all the way up to high school age kids. And when we were there, Thomas's six-year-old team won the championship, and they all got these little trophies. Trophies are kind of cool, but did you know that they can also be dangerous? Did you know that? Trophies can be kind of dangerous because it's easy for us to get a trophy and to become very proud, and understandably so, but to become so proud that we forget how it is that we got the ability to win in the first place. Why is anybody able to win a championship? Well, because God gave them the abilities, right? Why was Thomas's soccer team able to win? Because God gave them the ability to run, right? And God gave them the ability to, to kick a ball, and God gave them the ability to think and to listen to their coaches and to learn. If people don't have the ability to do those things, can they win at that particular game? No. See, the danger with trophies is that we could become proud. We, we could become um, arrogant. We could think that we are so great and totally forget that God is the one who has blessed us. Today, the encouragement from God's word is going to tell us to remember the Lord. To remember the Lord in all things. And that's really important because when we remember the Lord, we remember all the promises that he has made to us. All the promises that he has kept to us, that he sent his son to be the hero, to be the savior, the one who removes all of our sin, all of our sinful pride, all the times that we forget the Lord instead of remembering him. Jesus sent, God sent his son, Jesus, to forgive all those sins. And every single gift and every single ability, every single blessing God gives to us That's something we can be thankful for. And so today our our encouragement is going to be to remember the Lord always, to remember all that he has done for us and to thank him for every blessing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, so easily we forget about you. We forget that you are the one who has given us every single ability, every single strength, every single blessing. Forgive us for the times that we have forgotten you. And we know that you do because of your Son, Jesus, who lived, died, and rose for all of our sins. We ask that you would help us to remember you today and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The portion of God's Word that we'll focus our attention on this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known. To humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. This is the word of our God. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as long as everyone in this room has been alive, the first Monday in September has been a national holiday called Labor Day. It's not that old of a holiday, though. 1894 is when this first Monday in September was set aside to be a day to celebrate the impact of the American worker on the prosperity of our, of our nation. It's an understandable holiday. It's no surprise that people would want to celebrate the, the, the many, many people who have worked and earned a living in this nation, who have been a part of this nation's success. But it is very interesting that on this particular weekend where we happen to be celebrating Labor Day, these sets of readings just so happen to fall. It's not always the case. We don't need to be church year geeks today, but because Easter is always moving around and is always a different place, your your Sundays in the summer, they always fall on very different days as well. And so this particular set of readings does not fall on Labor Day weekend all that often. We we would look at it just about every summer, but not always on Labor Day, but this year it's this perfect perfect fit where we have this opportunity to to hear words that God spoke to his people as they were about to enter the promised land for the first time, words that are really applicable for us as we prepare to celebrate a holiday in our country that focuses on celebrating work. Now, if you were here at the beginning of June, you might remember a sermon that I preached on Deuteronomy also. We spent quite a lot of time talking about the book of Deuteronomy itself. We're not going to spend quite as much time today, but just in case you didn't hear that, a brief, brief review. So Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Old Testament. It's the last book in this set of books called the Torah. And it's kind of like the catechism, the brief summary of the Torah. And here's why. When God brought his people out of Egypt, the 10 plagues, the the parting of the Red Sea, shortly after that, he said, all right, it's time to go into the promised land, the land that I promised on oath to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they got scared. All the fighting men thought that their, their enemies were too big and too powerful and they were not gonna be able to win. And these were people who just walked through a sea on dry ground, and then turned around and watched the army of Pharaoh drown in the sea behind them. They, they had no reason to doubt, and yet they did. And so God sentenced them to wander for 40 years in the desert. Well, why 40 years? Because that's how long it would take for all the fighting age men who left Egypt to, to die. God said none of them would step foot in the promised land because they doubted. So now you fast forward 40 years, here we are, there's a new generation of fighting men who are going to go in and actually take the promised land. And God says to Moses, before we go in, let's review. Let's review everything. And that's what the book of Deuteronomy is. It is a review of everything God said and everything God promised, everything that had happened, And like any loving father who knows what's about to happen for his children because he's experienced it, he knows what they're about to go through, he gives these warnings to prepare them. Because God knows that as they transition from 40 years of nomadic wandering, transition from eating the same food every day and sleeping in the same tent every night, as they transition from that to what they're about to experience, it's going to be an incredibly stark contrast. Their new life is going to seem remarkably luxurious, and God wants them to be prepared for that. God wants them to be prepared for this life of luxury and all the temptations that are going to come with it. <clears throat> and so we have our, our text for today, where God is preparing His children for the challenges of a life of, of luxury. And he begins with this warning of what will happen if they forget the Lord. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God. There's this certainty God is telling his children, if you forget the importance of my word, if you forget what I have promised, if you forget about me, you will become proud and you will continually forget what I have done for you. And so what's the remedy? Well, he said, review and remember. Review what I have done for you. Remember me. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert. That thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions, he brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. I think you can wrap your minds around this. This this is pretty simple. God says, do you remember how you walked around in the desert for 40 years? Remember that thirsty, waterless land? Remember how you survived it? It's because I gave you food every morning and because I provided you water in places where there was no water. In other words, if I hadn't done all this for you day after day after day, you wouldn't have survived the last 40 years anyway. And so it's relatively simple for God's people to remember the Lord while they're literally relying on him every single day. If God doesn't send the manna, if God doesn't miraculously bring water out of a rock, they don't last very long. What do they say? Three, maybe four days you can survive without water? It wouldn't take long. If God didn't continually provide for the needs of his people during that 40 years while they wandered in the wilderness, they wouldn't have survived a week. And God's reminder to them is the same God who miraculously provided for you every single day during that period of wandering is the God who is now going to provide for you but in a different way. It's not going to miraculously show up outside your doorstep every morning. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to use the gifts that I have given to you to work, to earn, to produce wealth. And the wealth that you're going to produce is going to multiply and multiply and multiply. And you're going to sit down and eat meals that blow manna out of the water. And you're going to pour a glass of wine from your own vineyard to wash it down. And you're going to sit in a permanent structure, a fine, beautiful home. And your gold and your silver are going to increase and increase, and you're going to become wealthy. And if you're not careful, something very scary is going to happen. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. Sometimes I have to do a lot of work to, to bring you up to speed in a text so that you can really grasp what's going on. I don't think I need to do that here. This is about as straightforward as it gets. We may have different gifts. We may have different lines of work. Our occupations may be different. The, the way that we earned our living before retirement may be different, maybe unique from anyone else in the room. But one thing that is not unique, God has provided you God has provided me with the gifts, the talents, the strengths, the abilities needed to perform our certain occupations and to earn a living. If I were to have a stroke and lose my ability to speak, it'd be very difficult for me to serve you in this way. If you use your arms and you encounter some sort of tragic work accident where you can no longer use your arms, how do you perform your Day-to-day tasks. If it's your mind and you lose your ability to think clearly, how can you perform the, the, the tasks before you day after day? This is simple. God is the one who blesses us with the abilities, the strengths that we need to earn a living. Without him, we earn nothing. Every single cent that we've ever earned is a gift from God as he has given us the abilities that we need to earn that living. What happens when you forget the Lord? (laughs) Well, you become prideful, certainly. Generally, though, it, it shows itself in two ways. Either you begin to work so hard that you're actually working too hard and neglecting other responsibilities, or you view work as a burden and not a privilege, not a blessing. You ever fallen into one of those two ditches, maybe both? Sometimes you feel that you need to work and work and work and work because you've got to amass as much wealth as you can. You've got to make a legacy, a name for yourself. You've got to provide for those who are coming after you as though God's not going to give them the ability to work. You've got to do it all. I know many of our, our elders... Many of our grandparents, parents, people who lived through really hard times like the Depression, they they did come out of it with such a hard work ethic that they, they felt the need to provide generations down the road. Like maybe they could work so hard that they could make sure that there'd be security to protect from future problems. Is that a healthy attitude? Is that an attitude that relies on the Lord to provide? That relies on the gift of the Lord The strengths needed to work. You know, many amongst us in our culture, we we have a workaholic culture where we feel this need to work and work and work. We've completely forgotten the God who gives us the ability to work to earn an income, and our focus gets way out of whack. And there's the other side of the of the same coin. People who view work as a, a burden. I can't tell you how many times in the last few weeks I've heard someone say, there's all these people who who don't want to work. There's jobs everywhere. Everybody needs employees. They're cutting back hours because they don't have enough workers. It's easy to point the finger at other people who aren't working right now, but how many days have we viewed work as a burden and not as a blessing? How often does it happen where we, in the middle of a workday, just cannot wait to be done because we're sick of it. We don't like the people who are in authority over us and the way that they treat us. We don't like our coworkers. We don't like the the tasks that are out in front of us this day. It doesn't take long for us to forget the Lord. It doesn't take long for us, those who sit here today on a Labor Day weekend who've taken time to, to come and hear God's word. It doesn't take long for us to forget the Lord and all that he's done for us, the the provision that he gives us, the abilities that he gives us, the blessings that he gives us. It is not hard for you and I to forget that every single blessing, even the challenges, come from the Lord. So where do we start? What do we do? Might I suggest we start by focusing less on our work and more on the work of God's son? This is the whole point of the Christ. Did you catch at the end of our text how God reminded his people that by keeping his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he was confirming his covenant? The covenant, the agreement that he had swore on oath to their ancestors? Remember God said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your ancestors will inherit a land, a land of their own. And as God kept these promises, he was confirming that promise, confirming that oath, confirming that covenant. God made another covenant, a covenant of forgiveness, a covenant to restore the relationship between us, sinful humans who forget him. It was a covenant he swore to Adam and Eve when he promised to send someone who would destroy the devil's work. It was a promise that was confirmed again through the prophet Jeremiah. A new covenant, not like the old one. A new covenant where God would forgive our our sins and remember them no more. It's the work of Christ that fulfills that covenant. Jesus came to this earth to work. He came here to carry out a plan. And every single day it was work. He labored under his father's laws every single day Every single moment. He never worked too hard. You'll notice in the Gospels, Jesus often goes away by himself to a quiet place to get some rest, to spend some time with his Father in prayer. He always went to the synagogue every single week, as was his custom. He always took breaks. He always Sabbathed perfectly. Not just physically lounging in a chair, but actually resting, clearing his mind of all the clutter and filling it with the word of God. He perfectly rested every single week of his life. He never worked too hard, and he never viewed his work as a burden. It was always a blessing. Until he got to a cross where his work was finished, and he said as much. Where he opened his mouth and he said, it is finished. And it was. The work that his father had sent him to do, he had completed the task perfectly. He had endured the the suffering that our sins deserve. All the times that we've worked too hard, all the times that we've viewed work as a burden, every single sin, Jesus has removed it in full and then he rested three days in the grave before coming out of the grave to assure you and me that eternal rest is ours. Meanwhile, we work. And then we rest. And then we work. And then we rest. And then we work. And then we rest. Over and over again, using the gifts, the strengths that God has given to us. Resting in the promises of our God promises of peace and eternal rest thank god for the gift of labor thank god for the gift of laborers the country that you enjoy it's a blessing that has been impacted by workers there's no doubt thank the god for the blessing of the gifts and the talents that he has given to so many people who have come before us who've worked to build this country that we enjoy Thank God for the blessings that he has given to you. The blessings that he has given to you to enable you to earn a living, to support yourself, to support your family. Maybe he's even blessed you so richly that you will be able to provide for generations yet to come. Thank the Lord for those blessings. But this Labor Day weekend, focus on the work of Christ. Because it's the work of Christ finished on the cross that guarantees us forgiveness and peace with God. It's the the work of Christ that guarantees us eternal rest. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen.